Support for a quick timeout podcast is brought to you by our friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. College and professional teams from around the country rely on Dr. Dish shooting machines to help improve their players' development. Whether it's in the gym or at home in your driveway, Dr. Dish will improve your basketball workouts. To find out more about how Dr. Dish can help your program, visit drdishbasketball.com. I'm Coach Tony Miller, and you're listening to a Quick Timeout Podcast. We have conversations with basketball coaches from around the country focused on specific topics designed simply to help grow the game. It's great to have joining us today, Coach Wesley Brooks, assistant coach for the Michigan Wolverines women's basketball team. Coach, thanks for making time for us. Tony, thank you for having me. I don't want you to leave out any details, so don't feel like you need to be humble here, but your journey to Michigan looks like what? I started out as a student manager at West Virginia University. Then, and I was a student manager for Coach John Beeline. Uh, Everybody knows Coach Beeline, of course. Then uh, after I graduated from West Virginia, went to IMG Basketball Academy for a a summer. Uh, And then in the middle of that summer, Coach Mike Carey, who's the head women's coach at West Virginia, called me, asked if I wanted to be his graduate assistant. I said, sure. Then took that track and was a graduate assistant for him for two years and operations for another year. And then I went. And after that, uh, got my first assistant coaching job at Robert Morris University uh, with Sal Bascalia, Charlie, who's doing a wonderful job at Robert Morris University now. And then after that, uh, left Robert Morris. After a year, we won the NEC, cha- NEC championship, went to Texas Southern. I was Texas Southern for three years. Then followed that, worked, at, worked for Mike Peterson at North Texas and Karen Aston, who's the head coach at Texas right now. So Mike Peterson is with the Atlanta Dream right now, then Karen Aston. Uh, is obviously the head co- women's coach at Texas and worked for her. And then after I left North Texas, went to the University of Utah where Lynn Roberts has done a good job of rebuilding that program and putting it back where it needs, needs to be. So now I'm at Michigan with Coach Rico, and we've had uh, three great seasons here, uh, 21 seasons, all three of them. I uh, wish we could have play- been in the tournament this year, but, you know, uh, something life happens, and uh, but uh, we are, we're excited about the future of Michigan women's basketball and where it can go uh, as we continue to build and get to try and get to that Final Four. Did you always want to work on the women's side? Uh, I, this it just happened like that. You know, I'm, my faith is really big to me, so I just think the Lord puts you where you're supposed to be. Uh, started out never thought you know growing up as a as a guy you never thought you were gonna grow up coaching women's basketball but you always respected my sister played basketball i have cousins that play basketball women's basketball so you always respect the game and you love the game and it just so happened that as i started building my network of coaches and started being on you know recruiting this everything on, on and, and at the college level so you start building those recruiting ties and as those recruiting ties strengthen that's just kind of where the, the doors open and the path led so uh just grateful for that and uh, excited that I am a women's basketball coach. That's uh, awesome to hear that story and awesome to also see kind of how God led you through all that. I get a lot of times people will ask me like, how do I get into this? And it's just, uh, I don't really know that you ever really like planned it out. You end up just like years later looking back and being like, oh man, this connection led to this connection and the way God led it out. Mm-hmm. It's just super cool to kind of tell the story afterwards. You don't really know how to make it happen. It just kind of, it, it happens. Exactly right. You mentioned, uh, at, you know, at the time of we're recording this right now, we've just finished up uh, an abbreviated college basketball season. And I know a lot of people are just taking a little bit of a break maybe, but soon they're going to be starting and entering kind of that postseason, offseason phase. Right. So let's talk about that postseason phase. 
what do you all do there at Michigan, either to evaluate your players? Or well, yeah, players? absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, postseason, uh, you know, it's all break. We break things down to four seasons, right? You have your preseason, you have regular season, you have that postseason, then you have that summer. Um, and now just coming out of the, the, the regular season into kind of that postseason in between right before the summer. Well, this is the time where we like to really reflect, look back of kind of how we did, uh, look at what we did successfully, what we did not do successfully. As, as far as player development is concerned, we, we break down into three positions. We, got, we go point guards, we go wings, we go posts. Um, I, I, uh, I take the point guards. Uh, uh, Coach Sanchez, our, our other assistant, she's take the wings. Coach Wilson, our, she takes the post. So we break them up just kind of like that, and we've kind of done it like that here at Michigan. Uh, other places we do it differently. I've done it differently. But everybody kind of takes that, and then you focus on the three or four kids that you're working with, and you go back and look at what they did uh, during the season, and you want to know how can you improve their strengths? How can you make them uh, better? and not overwhelm them as well. You know what I mean? I think sometimes we try and do too much. As I told you before we got started, uh, you can do anything, but you can't do everything, you know? So you got to focus on what you really want to get better at and then kind of go from there and, uh, and and focus on that and start attacking that. You're allowed a few spring workouts. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, it, yeah. And, and, and normally in the past, you know what I mean? You get, you know, this depends, depending on when your season ends, you're allowed, you know, spring workouts but this year you know with everything going on there will be no spring workouts but what we do try and play as deep into april as you can based on how deep you play uh into the tournament then you might have one or two spring workouts just going back and review last year we had a couple kids who were getting ready for the usa three on three and so what we did is we tried to really get them ready for three on three so we played in the postseason, we did a lot of uh, ball handling. We did a lot of shooting. We did a lot of three-on-three in the half court. We even started doing it three-on-three in the full court so that we could develop uh, develop that. And I, what I love about three-on-three is that it allows you to work on your man-to-man defense, that one-on-one defense, which is, which is critical. Uh, allows you to uh, play in co- a lot of give-and-go concepts, a lot of uh, ball screens and the kick concepts. So that's kind of the thing with the three-on-three uh, that I, I really love, love, and it helped us last year in our in that in between that time, uh, and it was fun for the kids because it wasn't typical practice, but it was just a kind of like got them ready for when they went to three on three USA in May, uh, and it wasn't the full scale summer workout yet, but we still started really working on their individual games. So kind of in between that time, that's what we did. We played a lot of three on three and just let them have fun with it. I know for some coaches, they don't, it doesn't really, they don't understand exactly how it works because, you know, you're playing five on five practices throughout the week, but I'm assuming that you have at least some sort of individual workout with them, maybe through the week during the season. Individuals are so big. As I told you, when I learned, when I first got to the BCS level, and I don't know why it took me this long to learn at the BCS level at Utah, I said, you got to have, you got to have the players. But if your players aren't having player development sessions in addition to their practice sessions, you're not going to make it. There's no way. Uh, And it really was evident to me when I was at Utah and we played Stanford and we played them in December. And I'm like, man, okay, we might be able to get these guys. But then I saw Tara, by, by the time we played her team in February, it was a totally different team. And you just go back and look. And I know Coach Roberts, you know, at the time she was talking to her and, you know, she shared with the staff, we got to really emphasize player development workouts. And then when I got to Michigan, that was one of Coach Arico's 
uh, points of emphasis. So here at Michigan, well, our typical schedule is the girls will go to class like eight to eight to noon uh, every day. And so that eight to noon block is where they go to class or they might go eight to 11. But we try and get two to three workouts 30 minutes a week with each of our girls. So they'll come in, maybe they might have one class in the morning. So they say, hey, Coach West, we're going to come in at 11.30 to noon. We're working on something specific in their game, whether it's their shot, whether it's their ball handling, whether they need more film, whether we do 15 minutes of film and then just get go down on the floor and do 15 minutes of shots. Um, but we're getting two to three workouts in addition to practice, in addition to uh, stream conditioning. The individual skill development has to go on all year. And as that goes on all year, now you start to see the players develop and they start to catch on quicker. And it, it, it really helps. And I think you have to have that. If you don't have that, if those kids aren't in the gym with that one-on-one attention time, it can hurt your team. So you touched on in-season and then the off-season. So now just kind of talking to me in general, or you can tell me, you know, the differences between the two. You know, are you doing a lot of uh, two on two, three on three in those individual sessions, or are those like literally there's one or two people there? Yeah. So kind of during the season, what we like to do is we like to get shots up. You know, you don't ever shoot enough shots in practice, but with, with uh, game prep, with trying to go over your offense, trying to go uh, clean up stuff from the previous game. So with these individual sessions do during the year, you're trying to get shots up. So the kids get a hundred, 200, even 300 shots up. Then the other thing you like to do during the season in your individual sessions is you like to, if there's anything that they're struggling with offensively or defensively within the scheme of what you're trying to get done, you want to go over that and you want to just make sure that they have an understanding. Um, if, uh, if there's something like a play that they're struggling with, you want to show them on film in these individual sessions. If there's a, uh, if there's a concept that they're not quite uh, getting on the floor, you want to take them down one-on-one and kind of just visualize and walk through stuff with them on the floor as well. So that's what we try and do in, in, the, in the individual sessions. And of course, if they need to continue, they, they want to, some kids want to add to their moves or add to that, you continue to work on that. But it's a lot about reinforcing these individual sessions are reinforcing things and getting up shots. Uh, during the postseason now, what you're doing, you're breaking it down and if there's something they're trying to add to their game, they need to get stronger with their left hand. We're trying to add that to their game. If they need to, they need to add a counter move to what they already do, what they're already doing. Then we'll add that to a game. So just to be more specific, kind of me, Coach Coach Rico has let kind of let us have do our own thing with our individual positions. So for me, I kind of have a base system which I kind of like to employ, which I've studied. You know, I, I look at a lot of player development coaches. There's some great ones uh, just for people. If you want to study people, one person I recommend is Don Kelbick with his attack and counter system. Great player development coach. Kevin Eastman, great player development coach. Gannon Baker. Tyler Ralph, Joe Bunasar. So I've studied a lot. And I when I when I was at IMG as I kind of started off, I really got into studying Joe and kind of what he does, player development, but even really with Don Kilping and his attack and counter system. So I try and do uh, some of the things I try and do in player development myself comes from those guys. And so like for us, even no matter what position I try and work on, the first thing I try and work on is pivots. I feel like footwork is everything. If you have footwork, it builds the foundation for your game. So you build from the ground up. And so we're always trying to work on footwork, catching the ball on the hop, but when you're just catching it in the open court, uh, if you're coming off, coming off screens inside pivot foot, believe in teaching there are three pivots, three counters, you know, and, and with those three pivots and three counters, then we try, I try and build their game. And try and, and then try and go from there. So a lot of stuff I start off close to the rim, no matter what position, and then start working working out. 
and uh, anywhere on the floor. So that's kind of what we I try and do, and that's kind of the freedom that I've had uh, since I've been with Michigan and working with our kids. You know, teas are coming, but I have Joe Bunasar. He's I got a podcast in the in the vault ready to go come out. So be on the lookout for that. Great coach. Yeah, he, yeah. Joe Joe is great. I met Joe at IMG, and I just I mean he's a genius in what he's done with uh, in his in his stuff with with his training and uh, his uh, his his. his all his philosophy and his footwork. I just remember just watching him as a young coach and like, man, this guy is a monster. He's, he's really good. Watching him work out guys like Chauncey Billups, Reese Gaines from back in the day. Um, this, so I've always admired what he's done. And he actually has just been a great player development coach. And he's actually put out a lot of good information for people who want to research uh, him. So going back to the video, is that kind of like as needed or is that something where you have a set time with your kids either through the year or even postseason, like are you watching some and then going to the court and working on things or what does it look like? Well, there's two things, two ways we do it. Um, and, and the first way we do it is uh, during the year, uh, like I said, we have three, two to three sessions of development. So we spend about an hour and a half a week on development. So maybe one session for 30 minutes, we're going to just say, okay, we're going to go get shots. We're going to go work on ball handling. We're going to work on your footwork today. The next session in that week, so that's Monday. Wednesday, we might say, okay, kind of we're going to do maybe 20 minutes of film today because we're going, we want to take it easy because we've had a hard week and we're going to get 10 minutes worth of shots up. And then the next week, it might be the next the next skill session, maybe all shots, a little bit of film. So we just like to throw that in there and balance it out. But it's, an, it's, it's just as important training the mind and, and them visually seeing what they're doing so that they can wreck and, and improve on their game individually. You mentioned your involvement with both post players and then also wings and guards. Is there one that you prefer over the other? Uh, I say I'm a, working I, with I, not I, coaching. Maybe I would say I would say honestly, I love wing play. And you know what I mean. Growing up, uh, growing up, being my favorite basketball player of all time, of course, is Michael Jordan. Then after Michael Jordan, uh, growing up, I always loved Jerry Stackhouse at North Carolina. Then I love Vince Carter. So even though I was a five eleven guy who wasn't tall, who wasn't that tall, What wasn't that 6'6". Six, six. Remember, 6'6 six, six used to be that prototypical wing. So I always envisioned myself in my mind as a wing. So I love working with wings, but I definitely, you know what I mean, as a coach, you want to be able to coach any position, right? You want to be able to coach post, you want to be able to coach wings, you want to be able to coach point guards. So that's my preference is wings, but I've grown to, and I've learned and tried to master everything. And that's probably also why the footwork stuff is so important to me, but just because of that mindset I have. So let's talk about each of those and break them down individually. So if you were building the ideal post player for the women's college level, what would you say are maybe the two or three essentials that that player needs to have? The, the thing is, you know, you always want to start off with great hands, right? So try and do a lot of stuff with, with hands. So uh, we've done here heavy ball, small balls, footballs, volleyballs, great hands. It's throwing different things at them in hands so they have great hands. But also, as I said before, I think everything in player development starts at the feet. So you got to make sure, you know, when they have that back to the basket, catch it on two, catch it on two. And then well, after they catch it on two, you know what I mean? Being able to execute pivots, front pivot, reverse pivot, drop step pivot. You know what I mean? Those pivots are, are, are critical. And then, you know, so once you have those pivots and that footwork, then they can operate anywhere on the court. And then I, the other thing that I, I, I feel like is a lost art is that face up bank. That face-up bank shot that Tim Duncan mastered so well. I feel like that as a, as a, as a good post player, you want to be a great post player, you got to be able to face up, hit that bank shot um, as well. And then also 
let's try we also try and really focus on sprinting and running the rim hard because the first three steps down the floor if you can beat your person first three steps down the floor you're you're that's half the battle right there you can outrun and get a lot of easy baskets for post players so that those are kind of what i would say uh, and then you know it's a whole lot but if, if you ask me just to narrow it down i would say those things and as for the guards things that you're maybe working on frequently with the ones that you have now well, you know, this year with our point guard and, and uh, she, we, we really tried to just really help her improve her decision making. You know what I mean? So we watched film. We did a lot of stuff off the ball screen, off side wing on ball screens or side ball screens, whatever you prefer to call them. Just coming off and reading, you know what I mean? Taking two dribbles off the ball screen, reading what's ahead, taking two dribbles off and just kind of just reading and making the right decisions off ball screen. So we try and do a lot of ball screen stuff with them and, and keep keeping their head up and reading and decision-making. And so that's that's what I would say with the point guards, it's making decisions. And that's why the film for us is so critical with that because you, it's hard to kind of do that stuff on air. What we like to do is when we get, uh, when we do go two on two, we do get three on three sessions, we, we go against guys a lot. So we can simulate situations and they can't always see those situations as you break it down two on two, three on three, as you tell them on the court. But then when you go back and you watch then you can see. And that's why the film is so important to the development, I feel like, of a point guard. Um, it's because they need to see. Uh, just like a quarterback in football, they need to see reads. They need to see that type of stuff. Um, and then just to go further with the wings, I would say it's it's, a, it's the same footwork that you would do with the post, but now you're bringing it out to actually the wing. And it's being able to execute those pivots, front pivot, reverse pivot, drop step, and then being able to know when to use them and how to use them. Um, and, and that's where the wings and posts can be very similar. The point guard play to me is a lot about decision-making and knowing when to get rid of ball. The other thing with point guard play, and I'm knowing kind of all over the place right now, but with point guard play is passing, uh, the passing and the touch on the passes and then being, being able to make every throw, being able to make a bounce pass touch, being able to make outside pass. Everybody's now you see coming off that ball screen with the misdirection, the hook pass, being able to make every pass and every throw. I think it's critical for a point guard. Do you feel like you're building a player over four years? I mean, you just gave us a ton of like awesome stuff and everybody I believe would sit there and agree with what you're saying, but obviously you can't teach them that in three months or, you know, six months. No, I think, I think this is a, I think, and this is one thing we do. And it's so funny you say that because we actually lay out a plan, try and lay out a plan based on where that player is. You know what I mean? You try and focus on, I mean, to me, the key to player development is repetition, repetition, repetition. You're only as good as your reps. So you're either 100 reps good or you're 1,000 reps good. You know what I mean? You're only as good as your reps. So you try and develop that player over uh, over four years. So you might focus on three things this year, and we're going to really rep these three things. And then their sophomore year, you kind of add to that. Okay, we're going to add two more things. And so you really focus on that. By their junior year, now all of a sudden, now they've mastered five things. They're really good at four or five things. And so, yes, I would say based on that player, this is one thing that we do when we sit down at the end of the season. Okay, this is where we're at. This is where we want to get. And that's kind of how we develop a player. Like, you know, and so it's individual. You know, that's one thing I learned from Tyler. He's like, Wes, everything is individual. You can't really just say there's no one cookie cutter mode for developing a player. Everybody has their drills and you can steal drills and you can uh, steal teaching techniques. But that might not apply for that player. Everybody is individually different, and you got to develop people individually different. When you meet with your players at the end of the year, is there something physical that you give to them? Do you give them like a piece of paper? Or yes, I'm actually working. I'm actually working on that right now. So what we'll do is when we get 
just we'll, we'll have to email it out this year. We'll probably put they're gone home for about five to six weeks. We'll put together a little workout plan, five to six weeks. And that's stuff that they can do on their own uh, where they might just need one rebounder. Uh, but it includes ball handling. It includes shots for different days, uh, shots off the dribble one day, uh, shots coming off a screen one day. And, and so or this shots with your favorite move one day and then uh also like to put a few shooting drills in that they can do on their own so yes we do give them something uh and try and then we try and hold them accountable say okay how many how many shots you know they they don't have to do it because you know everything's voluntary but they can say we say hey you're only as good as your reps so if you if you got if you do this 500 times well you're only good as 500 your 500 shots do this a thousand times you're only good as those thousand times so the more you do it of course the better you get at it so we try and send them home with those those books uh and they kind of know and we kind of talk about hey when you get back we love to have you see you do this because it's what we want to do when we get back and then that sets up the rest of the summer is there any chance you can send us one of those without showing us the player's name oh yeah i definitely i definitely have stuff available yeah that's no problem Perfect. I'll make that available through the show notes down at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll I'll get that put together. Yep. Perfect. I'm sure there are coaches out there who will like to see what that actually looks like. So speaking of like the high school coaches, because we have a lot of them that typically listen to this. And so maybe to help them out, are, are there weaknesses, typical weaknesses or issues that you have to address with incoming players because maybe we're overlooking those things at the high school level? The biggest, the biggest weakness, and I, I would say, you know, everybody says a, a right-handed dominant player or a left-handed dominant player, so the ball handling. But to me, the biggest weakness is footwork is so undertaught. And so kids are only one-footed. They can't go, they can't play off two feet. They can't play off both legs. Um, and I know some people say, well, we're just going to do inside pivot, inside pivot, inside pivot. That's fine, and I think that's great. And I know some pro coaches that do it. But my thing is, why why don't you, if you, if you want to be able to, if you dribble with both hands, you think you got to be able to dribble with both hands, well, you should be able to play off both feet. And so I think that's the most undertaught thing in the game is footwork. And so that's why I'm just such a big believer of it. And in this kind of mastering the footwork and this repping that footwork out every day, like there's simple chair drills you can do. You can put two chairs on the block, put two balls on the block, And then with your back to the basket, just work on grabbing the ball out the chair, chinning it, reverse pivot into a layup. Then, you know, old school, put the ball back in the chair, go to the other one. And then doing the same thing uh, with, uh, with the chair facing you and, and is working on your different counters to your pivots. So if the chair is facing you, with, put the ball in the chair, pick it up, step through uh, and, and, and finish with that or sweep step. And when you sweep step, it's more of a direct move. So when you step through, it's more of a cross step. And when you sweep through, it's more of a direct step. And so that's what you, those are the type of things I think that kids need to get a lot of reps with because that's how they master footwork. And if they can master footwork, what people fail to realize, it also helps you with your, your handles. So if you make a crossover and now I, I want to put that ball out ahead, one of my favorite sayings, you know, is that you beat people with your footwork and you separate with your dribble. So that's what you, you beat people with your footwork, you separate with your dribble. So that's what you try and do. And that's why I think footwork is so important because you sometimes you don't even need a dribble to beat your man. You can just beat your man with your footwork and then and, and you got him beat. I would have to imagine, too, you've been in this long enough that you can tell me if I'm right or not, but at the more that we emphasize the finishing around the basket and being able to shoot from outside, that's going to cause us to – I mean, it will expose players who don't have good footwork. Am I right? Yes, it, it, it definitely will. And it's so – I'm so glad you talked about finishing because that's definitely something that you have to – you have to 
you have to you know work on. We actually do a drill every day. Uh, one of the, one of our favorite drills in practice. I can actually get you some video. Where that's all we do, and we finish. We just finish different ways from finishing. We we start off with under the rim where we have a, a student manager, or we have somebody with a pad, and they just come off the baseline, and it's this inside pivot finish, inside pivot finish. Then we do that for a minute. Then after that, we take it out to the uh, to the wing, and and they catch it, and they got to rip through and finish. And then uh, we also then we take it to the top of the key, and we work ourselves all the way around the arc. Just finishing, 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 um, and and it's something that we do. And then at the, toward the end of the year, we started doing it off rebound putback finishes, um, and that's and that's something that you know we say kids, man, they just a rebound putback, and the ball goes all the way over the rim. You really gotta catch the rebound, take that one two step, or or take a hop step, whatever you you teach or whatever is comfortable for that kid, so that they can gather their balance and go and finish. Do you do a lot of pad work is this kids going one-on-one against each other what how what does that practice look like we have the ability because of you know our university and because of the support we got we have we have about 12 or 13 practice guys everybody can't can't of course get that but we have about 12 or 13 practice guys so we constantly are going against our practice guys which helps our development our, our practice guys are dedicated to what we do so we can call them in and they'll they'll be there for our one-on-one sessions if you don't you know i've been at other places where it's, it's a pad work and as a coach just one-on-one being a defender pad but i feel like uh you want to you want to show and demonstrate on air but you really want to get those reps against a body uh, and and and, uh, and and getting against reps against that body that just makes that kid more and more comfortable. Man, there's so much good stuff. I'm gonna definitely get those resources from you, and we'll make those available. And I need to also have you back to talk a little bit more about some of these things. So, over the next few months, anything in particular you're doing as far as personal development, or maybe any specific area you're wanting you're growing? I, I want to become a better defensive coach, so I, I'm just diving into. You know, just how to teach defense better. I think that's something I want to develop it too as a coach. So I'm always constantly studying. Uh, just got a good book, you know, Ernie Woods, who used Ernie Woods and Bob Kloppenberg used to be NBA coaches. Um, and they they have a great. I mean, he has a kind of curriculum put together. So I'm just studying that and diving into that. Of course, I'm I'm always studying different offensive stuff. Uh, I'm a big Rick Torbert fan, so I study a lot of his stuff. Study a lot of the Golden State Warrior stuff, and then stealing from the people off offline, like basketball immersion, and just always looking at those clips and just kind of following them away. So a little bit of that. But my study this summer is really defense. So that's kind of the Ernie Woods defense. His his defensive pressure system is what I'm kind of studying this summer. Awesome. Well, that's Coach Wesley Brooks of the Michigan Wolverines. Coach, it was great getting to know you a little bit better. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you having me. Uh, This is a great thing you're doing, Tony. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out.